Hello and welcome to another edition of the Topcast Podcast. I'm Dave Dunning and we're coming to you after Liverpool 2, David Moyes 1 at Anfield yet again. Um, and to discuss that with me tonight, I have a little brief look towards Atlanta during the week. I have Dave Karen in Brazil. Dave, how are we doing? You had, you had, a, you had a, an, uh, let me see, a very difficult 36 to 48 hours, I think, did you? A lot well, of alcohol, we, a very little sleep scenario, uh, was it? Well, well, basically, my young lad basically gave up in the UK and flew out here. I can't, I can't say I blame him. So uh, to get him, get back and between a case of beer and, well, other things, um, I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in case anybody didn't know, Dave and I were going to throw something together last night and uh, 15 minutes before we were due to record, Dave the, the, just... the, the phrase is, shit happens, Dave. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we are. Um, so uh, I've also got Neil Patterson out in Berlin. Chief, you've had a, you've had quite an arduous last ten days or so as well, haven't you? Very intense. Absolutely, it's been it's been good. It's been emotional. It's been uh, been a lot of fun and uh, getting prepared for the for the semi lockdown by basically going out every every possible available opportunity um, and turning forty in the process. So. Um, it's been fun and now old I'm, bastard. <laughs> Not as old as some, Dave. Never will be. <laughs> well, uh, you got to you got to take your shots while they're there. Unfortunately, you know. That's it. So true. yeah, and the Reds are top of the league, so all good. Reds are top of the league, absolutely. And um, first appearance on the on the pod tonight. I've got Andy Bell out in Liverpool. Andy, you've been getting a tight lockdown, tier three or tier whatever they're calling it now, tier Tory or something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's been difficult. You know, obviously coming over here, uh, don't really know anyone and haven't really had the opportunity to get to get to know anyone either. But it's one of those things. Everyone's in the same boat. You know what I mean? It's that makes it easier to deal with. Um, and yeah, like it's like as I say, with with all these new lockdowns coming in, it's, it's nothing new to me. I've been in this situation for a couple of months now, so uh, I'm comfortable with it. And uh, thankfully, the Reds are are making it that little bit easier. Yeah, so it's the new normal. That's what they say. And the other new normal is the Reds are top of the league. Dave, um, we're starting to become accustomed to this, and it's a bit. Something has gone. I noticed something today, and it actually shocked me a little bit. There's been a lot of, lot of focus on our defensive performance and goals conceded, but we're actually the top goal scorers in the league with 17 goals in seven games. So we're literally banging in goals left, right and centre. Um, and aside from, you know, a 7-2 freak result at Villa, um, it's pretty much our, our bog-standard kind of early start to the season where we're not scintillating and... Saturday's another example. We would just grind out the result and would, again, as this team do, they just find different ways to win. No, you're right, Dave. Um, look, you talk about all that and we're top of the league and all the rest. So uh, this is the first weekend I've really sort of got watching all of the Premier League, really. And it's, it's not a case of, you know, who's, who's going to really challenge us? Who's going to put together a run of form? Now, obviously, it's a long season. But as we stand right now, there's not one of them that I can see able to do what you just described there in grinding out those results um, to have the backbone. You know, look, you can put you can put it down to a number of things. You can put it down to the VAR 
catastrophe that that's going on around us you can put it down to the fact that there's no uh crowds in stadiums and you know going away from home is not as scary and these results are different but look you, you, you take villa aside and, and and i said it after that villa game that was an anomaly that was a once only deal it happens to all great teams somewhere down the line they just have a day that nothing goes right for them and that's what happened to us that day and since then we've responded perfectly we haven't looked our best we haven't looked you know we've been spoilt for three seasons with some of the most scintillating football i can ever remember liverpool playing and and i remember the teams of the 80s you know what i mean it has been scintillating stuff this is three points to me dave and that's all i see yeah we could we have been a lot better yeah we could have been but we still got the job done we're still top of the league and, you know, the pundits can talk to their blue in the face with, oh, Van Dyke, well, no, Van Dyke, they're going to struggle, they're going to do that. With a young lad in, in, in Nat Phillips coming in there only for his second ever start. And the, and the kid, was, the kid was fantastic. You know, when you consider the lack of game time he's had in the, in the first team, the kid was outstanding. And, and you know, I think it, it shows the spirit of that group of players. Um, you, you know, he's in and around that squad. He knew, he, there's a kid who, who took his opportunity. And, you know, if you see his name on the team sheet again, okay, you'd much rather see Van Dyke, you'd much rather see Matip. But he, you know, maybe there's a future for him uh, after a performance like that. Maybe that that raises him up. There's so many. Look, we weren't great, but there's a massive amount of positives that we can take from this game. And the first and foremost is that we got three points. Second, we're top of the league. Third, Everton fucking reverted to being back to Everton the last couple of weeks. They're no threat to anybody. <laughs> and, you know, Spurs are, Spurs are second, and in that performance today, they won't, that won't last very long. It's, it's almost like, who can catch us? Who can really catch us or cause us problems? Like, I watched City against Sheffield uh, United. No great shakes. Nothing to fear there. Next week, uh, you know, like, really, I, I'm just looking at it and going, things will improve as this season goes on as we become more accustomed to the, the empty stadium syndrome all the rest of it and we will accustom to it because this team accustomizes itself to everything every hurdle that has ever been placed in front of them they have cleared so dave i i'm i'm really happy honestly I, i'm really happy i'm say i'm even more happy having really taken paid attention to the premier league this weekend i don't see any great threats good uh, I would tend to go along with there, but as you rightly say, it's a long season. Andy, you know, Dave touches on on that Phillips there. Um, a lot of talk as to who was going to start. Um, would it be maybe Henderson or Genie dropping in there? Was it going to be Phillips? Was it going to be Reese Williams? Reese Williams seemed to be the one that was ahead in the pecking order of maybe, you know, him, Nat Phillips and Billy Comedio. But what do you think swung it for Klopp to throw Phillips in there? Uh, well, it's an interesting one. I mean, I was shocked to see Phillips in the starting lineup. I thought, you know, it's either Reese Williams or, as you say, it's going to be Henderson or Wijnaldum dropping back in. Uh, I think what Klopp said in the, in the pre-match interview, and, and actually not, not Phillips said it himself after the game, is one of his strengths is, is aerial ability. And we knew, obviously, Antonio uh, was ruled out quite late for this game. But Haller's a big lad as well. Um if you, people who've watched West Ham sort of in the last six months know Suchek is, is a big lad who makes those, those back post runs and they get a lot of cross into the box. I think they're one of the, um, they're one of the highest teams for cross into the box, um, and, and from scoring from set pieces as well. And I think that maybe sort of, sort of swung it for Phillips. Also, 
Um, as people said in the build-up, the fact that Reese Williams is in the Champions League squad and Phillips isn't. So if he's looking to do a little bit of rotation there, it could be Phillips for the Prem and, and Williams for the for the Champions League, depending if, you know, if he wants to do that. And we can assume now he is going to do that uh, on Tuesday night against Atalanta. I thought he was really good, you know, first half. And I, I saw Haller was getting a lot of stick as well from West Ham fans and from the pundits. But, I mean... He didn't really, he, he just realized after a while he wasn't going to get any change out in that Phillips. I think there's, there's one occasion where he rolls him, but apart from that, Phillips is absolutely faultless. As I say, in the, uh, in terms of the set pieces, um, you know, that, that last, that one in stoppage time where it comes into the box and he makes an incredible header, um, that, you know, takes it off, uh, I think, I think it's Fornal's head. I can't remember who it is, but he makes a really, really exactly. great header. Is that like a goal? Yeah, literally, literally, it was, it was so good. And he's, you know, he deserved man of the match, I think, overall. Um, and, and, you know, let's just say it's, 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 it's maybe hard to, to fully commit ourselves to Nat Phillips because as, as Klopp and as, as Phillips himself said, uh, Liverpool thought he was moving on in the summer. So clearly we don't see him as, as somebody who's going to, you know, partner, say, Van Dyke, um, going forward or even be third or fourth choice, being trusted with that. But, he has the experience. Um, he, he's he's got obviously that season uh, at Stuttgart in his legs, um, and you know he can do he can do a job for us as a stopgap for a bit now. Um, I was really impressed with him, uh, and I think you know the 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 fact that we tend to concede more from crosses when Van Dijk's not on the side. Now that we have Phillips there, hopefully that will uh, that will not be as big a problem, uh, and he can definitely come in and uh, and do a job for us when we need him. Yeah, retrospectively, looking at it, it was such an obvious choice to throw him in. Um, he has, you know, he's, he's a, quite a few years on, on Williams. He's obviously got that first team experience in Germany and, and he's in the air, which against teams like West Ham is absolutely ideal. Maybe not so much looking to City next week. You probably wouldn't want to see him in that side. But at the same time, you know, horses for courses and we might see him more than we thought. Well, we've already seen him more than we thought we were going to this season, but this might not be his last start. So we'll wait and see how how his role develops in the side. But, um, you know, if we do need to use him, I think everybody's going to be a bit more relaxed um, moving forward. Chief, one of the things we talked about last week moving into this game was, you know, the possession game um, and trying to keep... West Ham as far away from the box as we possibly could. Um, and we thought Thiago would be absolutely key to that. And then, bam, Thiago's not in the squad. Everybody's going, what the fuck's going on? Um, Jones comes in. It doesn't really happen for him. But Jeannie and Henderson are absolutely dominant in the midfield. And at the moment, we're actually outpassing Manchester City per game. So, We've seen this team evolve, but we are now a massively dominant possession-based team. And that makes the Thiago transfer make even more sense now. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think what with, with the games coming up, and I think it's already been referenced that, um, you know, we, we weren't sure maybe a midfielder would drop back uh, and play. Play in the central midfield, uh, in the central defensive role. We weren't sure who, who would play there, but I think with the nature of the, of, of the season and uh, the injuries already sort of sustained and the absentees we have, I don't think Klopp sort of. I don't know. My take would be that he's reluctant to sort of risk any any further injuries in midfield, and while there are um, centre backs there available, um, he's going to you know do his best to use them. And Phillips came in and did really well. I mean. 
the switch to yeah, I mean the switch to being possession based happened sort of a a while ago, didn't it? You know, we we had that season uh, where we where we blitzed teams and, and scored a load of goals, played a lot on the counter attack, a lot of that transition football, and then um, we got Van Dyke in and and began to to tighten up. And obviously, um, obviously last season or the season before, I think both of them. We've, we've been much, much tighter at the back and conceded um, far fewer goals. I think we conceded more goals last season than we did the season before. But I think, obviously, we conceded a few after after the league was already won, pretty much. Um, but, yeah, we've, we've, you know, our possession stats are are um, are always, well, nine times out of ten superior to the, to the team we're playing. And, you know, take a game like yesterday against West Ham, I think at one point it was, what, 87%? for the last 10 minutes or something. Was it yeah, it's massive. Like, we've, we've totally up to the level, even from last season. Yeah. And, of course, I mean, you, we mentioned Moyes' setup sort of before the before the pod, chatting in pre-pod, and I think Andy said it was the most Moyes setup possible, and absolutely was. I mean, I think the only time I've seen a setup quite as deep as that was when he, whenever he played Bayern Munich as the Man United boss. Um, uh, it really was. They made no attempt at all, and they they get it sort of a spawny goal, a lucky goal to start with. Not really lucky, but but it, it is a mistake. There, it's it's right on a plate. So I suppose you could call it a lucky goal, and um, that just sort of redoubles their um, their will to just camp and and make no real attempt to to move forward. So also in that sense, Phillips. It was a good game for him because he wasn't going to be bombarded so much in in terms of they're not we weren't, weren't going to come forward so often and any time it was going to be it was likely going to be high balls up to Haller or else um you know balls into the box from from set pieces but yeah bringing Thiago in is is was exactly the, the, the he's the the next step the, the the next piece in the jigsaw if you really want to dominate um and have total control of a game and, and dictate the play and dictate the tempo and keep the ball moving and not give, give other sides time to, to reset um, or get back in shape, then he's the, the perfect player. I mean, I think um, we've mentioned a few times about the kind of comparisons that Klopp made and saying he's the second, second best or the joint best midfielder in the Bundesliga and Thiago's the other one. And yeah, I mean, Naby Keita does some great things <clears throat> and we've seen, um, when we've seen him, um, you know he's 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 clearly got a lot to offer, but Thiago's different level for me. Whenever he's the the half he puts in against Everton is 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 unbelievable. Nobody can touch him. So once he is properly fully fit and starts to get a real run of games in the side, then um, it's going to be you know it's we're, we're going to see another level, I would imagine, and hopefully we'll maybe see some of these um sort of gifted goals um um disappear a little bit some of the gifts might uh, might not be might not be uh, presented quite so frequently once we uh, we have that um, absolute metronome in there like yeah it's it's a good point you make Dave the goal like I looked at the goal a number of times and it's an absolute car crash I think um, <laughs> Trent is probably three four yards deeper than the rest of the line when the, when the initial pass is played. Down the down the right hand side, um, Jones comes across to help him. It's going to go with the runner, but then he doesn't go with the runner. Um, and then you think, right, go and close down, make him play, make him make him play the pass backwards. Don't allow him to cross it. The cross comes in. You know my thoughts on 
Gomez's aerial ability. Yeah, aerial it's, ability. You know, it's it's not his biggest strength, and it's something he's really going to have to work on. And there's an argument there that maybe someone, maybe Genie, should be picking up the man the, at the end of the box. And there's question marks on Allison. I think he's a little bit unsighted, but like it's we contrived on a number of different levels to give them a really presentable opportunity, and we're going to need to cut. We're going to need to cut that out. Totally. I mean, we, it's not the first time this season or post lockdown where you've sort of they've been almost comedy goals, and you've been watching them unfold step by step, just knowing that the custard pie is about to hit you in the face. <laughs> but but you know I mean? Chief, Chief, can I just can I just ask you? Do you not think? Like, Gomez, to me, didn't have a really good game. And I think there's a bit of pressure on him, especially with, you know, if you look at our centre-back pairing, you would have thought Nat Phillips was 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 Joe Gomez, the guy who yeah, the game's but, under his belt. Is there extra pressure on Gomez? Because that, that header was, it was shite. Like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, a, shite. it's a poor header, but I think there is a lot of pressure on Joe Gomez now because not only does he have to be good in his own game he's now the the, the senior center back yeah the established uh, center and he's yeah, not really and i think that's not fair on him no and not only that he's moving right and left because when he's playing for van dyke he's covering the left and i'm sure he lined up on the right of the center half pairing um yesterday uh so it's it's he, he's sort of doing a bit of everything and um it's a it's a poor header but i think to be to be honest i think he's He's just misjudged the fly. Should, ball. Should, should, should he kick it? Yeah, should he's he kick it? clearing it with his foot. It drops more than he expects it to, and he ends up heading it with where he can't see anything. He can't see the pitch. He can't see. He's looking at the ground by the time it connects with his head. So he's no idea where it's going. Comes off the top of his head. Goes straight to, straight to the attacker. One touch or two touches, and it's in the back of the net. And he doesn't. He doesn't sort of cover himself in glory with the second part either because he sort of goes to make the block and then sort of gets out of the way hoping Allison's got the near post covered and in a way, in a way, he almost acts as a blocker for Allison. Do, well. do you think he do you think he misread it? Because Phillips was really close to actually making contact with that ball as it went over his head. He was pretty damn close. Did Gomez think that that Phillips was going to get something on it and he was caught by surprise? That's that's quite, what I see. Quite possibly. I mean, I, I I'm. I'm loath to go in on Joe Gomez at the moment because I know a few people already are. Absolutely, I'm, I'm with you. No, no, no. It's, it's, he had a poor game. That's I'm not. No, no heads called for anything here. It's just I'm yeah. just wondering the the fact of the extra responsibility. You know yeah, what I mean? I if, you're, if you're standing beside Van Dyke every week, you know you're, you're the best in the world. Stand beside you, you know you get you, you get a bit of a free ride with it. There's no there's nowhere to hide anymore. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely, and he's, he has to come in and replace the best centre back in the world. And not only that, he has to has to do it in a team that's expected to win every single game. And you know, on when you actually look at the stats, bizarrely, we're conceding fewer goals now. Verges out of the team. In the you know, if you go from from lockdown to to when he goes out of the team, I think our average was definitely two a game or more. So in a weird way, although we're still sort of giving away these these goals. Um, these sort of gift goals, we are, we are still a little bit tighter, and we are, we are. What is beautiful is we are watching games now, and I'm certainly watching games now. Going, yeah, we're going to find a way to win because we're like, like it's like last year. We're we just keep finding whatever's happening. Even this VAR, 82 minutes. No, it's not a goal, even though it's definitely a goal. No, we're finding a way. All right, well, we'll just fucking do it again. There you go. We've won. 
So I'm, I'm, you know, pretty happy at this point. Like it's, it's, you know, situation normal. Just, uh, just if I can quickly cut in on the on the Gomez point there, I think we've got a team or a squad of centre halves who are a very good second centre half beside Van Dijk, uh, and that's something I've I always think when I watch Man United as well. Like Lindelof and Maguire, they're both good centre halves, but they need that leader beside them. Uh, or they need that sort of extra quality centre half beside them to really shore up that defence. And I mean, Van Dyke's going to be out, we think, for the season. Um, and you know, somebody is going to have to step up and be that that Van Dyke player. I think you can see Gomez trying to do that, especially. Can, can you what, see Matip maybe Andy being more? Um, you know, obviously more experienced. He's, he's based on the Bundesliga. He's done the Premier League. I, I've got a feeling that, that, that Matip, and, and also, you know, don't forget, he won, won, went through the whole Champions League with us, won the Champions League. He was yeah. exceptional. I think he's the likeliest candidate. I think there's there's something in that, definitely. And the point I'm about to make, I'm, I'm hesitant to do it because I'm going back four years and I think Matip's improved so much in that time at Liverpool. But remember when we used to, Lovren and Matip used to be the partnership and it seemed like a decent enough partnership, but you were crying out for that leader. Um, and I think, you know, back then, Matip wasn't that. Now, four years on, bit more experience, bit more confidence in himself, having a, a Champions League winner's medal, et cetera, et cetera, and having played countless games for Liverpool perhaps he can be but I'm just not convinced he's, he's certainly going to going to offer offer quality in that back line he, he offers height he offers aerial ability uh, and quality on the ball but I think you know you see you see Gomez trying to fill that Van Dyke role you can see him sort of trying to spray the Van Dyke passes out to the fullback out to the wingers um, and, and, that, and that's great because he is going to have to be that but just right now my slight worry is that we're we're a team of second choice center halves and and you know Especially uh, makeshift makeshift midfielders thrown into <laughs> into exactly. the defense as well. Let's not forget exactly. And you know the injury record of Matip, uh, we can't rely on him. Uh, Fabinho as well, you know, and and even Gomez has has periods of time in the sidelines. So it is it is slightly worrying for me. I think I think Matip, um, if he's available, he comes straight back in. He plays most of the games, but you really have to manage Matip as well because, as you say, look, he's, he, you know he seems to have been out for two weeks for about three months now, which is just you know. And that's the thing with him. It's uh, it always seems to be like that, and we just can't we just can't rely on him uh, and Gomez to be the two. We have to find other and solutions. Also, we're, we're, we're totally spoiled. We're totally spoiled with having Van Dyke for as long as we did, injury yeah. free. And you know, there there just is no two of them. There, there he is. He stands unique. And trying to replace that, and and even if you take centre backs worldwide at the minute, there are so few good centre backs. And even even fewer centre backs who are true, true, true leaders of a team. Yeah, and it, it's it's one of those things where like when I when Van Dyke was out, I thought one of maybe the positives would be that teams would be a slightly more confident in attacking us. That would leave a bit more space for the front three. Like we've seen a much more controlled approach in the last couple of years because like after seventeen eighteen, teams pretty much knew we we can't go toe to toe with Liverpool here because they'll just absolutely hammer us. And uh, it's you know, but it seems to be actually what teams are doing. And uh, like we have to caveat it, it, it is Moyes, it was Sheffield United last week, but teams seem to be sitting back even more because they know there's more chance of a mistake happening or, or us messing something up at the back where they can get that goal and really, uh, as you say, uh, sit back on that. And, and, and that's what we saw. What's, what's encouraging for me is uh, twice we've come up against really low blocks, really defensive sides with basically with basically no uh, intent on attacking. Twice there's been a silly mistake that's put us 1-0 down and twice we've found a way without, without Thiago and with all these injuries. Yeah, and that's the thing with this team. They just, they just keep finding a way. We keep finding a way, um, and look, we'll, we'll come to we'll come to the midfield. We'll come to Curtis Jones, 
Andy, I'll start with you. I'm not really sure what what we're doing with Curtis Jones at the minute. I feel it's a bit. It's going to be maybe a bit Nabi Kaida syndrome where people are expecting Kaida to be this box to box Leipzig Leipzig version of Nabi Kaida, but actually that's that's not his role in, in a Liverpool midfield. That's no one's role in a Liverpool midfield. And Jones's is key skill is getting on the ball in and around the box, beating players, making things happen, being that extra man. Um, and there's a lot more responsibility than maybe he is able to shoulder at the moment and a lot more defensive and positional discipline that maybe he's not used to having at the moment. And that's inhibiting him a little bit. I think that's that's a key point, Dave. You make there. It's the it's a responsibility, and um, you know when he comes in in the League Cup side, or he comes in 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 for example that FA Cup side last year where he gets a goal against Everton, he can he can be that kid that comes on and produces that magic with the adrenaline and the excitement that he brings. But when you come up against the Moyes side, and and you know he's he's really a, a, a you know he's one of the six or seven midfielders who are always in with a shout of starting now and I think he has to develop his game to be a little bit more mature really um I think it's been difficult in the last couple of weeks because I don't think he really wanted to play the 4-2-3-1 against Sheffield United or against well maybe against Michelin but you know certainly he, he wants to at least have the option rather than it being forced upon him and I think it has been forced upon him slightly in the last few weeks with the injury of, of Kaida, with the injury of, of Thiago, um, both of them could, could play that game, can play that role very effectively. It's difficult because he's, like, I mean, maybe I'm being too harsh on him here because he does play that ball to Salah that eventually forces the penalty. And, you know, he, he, looking back on it, maybe he wasn't as, as bad as I first thought, but that's that's twice now where he's been entrusted with a start in a big game. Uh, Ajax, he gets hauled off at half time. You don't really know if that's because of his performance or because he wanted to give Henderson 45 minutes there. And, and last night, uh, or on, on Saturday, on Saturday night, you know, he, it, it was frustrating again. And, um, it's, it's one of those where, yeah, it's such a key, it's such a key role for us. It's such a key position for us. That third man in midfield, the more attacking, um, especially in games where teams, where teams come with a low block, which is more or less every game in the Premier League outside the top six, isn't it? Pretty much, pretty much. Um, I, 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 Chief, you know me with with the midfield. I have a lot of respect for the guys that play that role. And Jeannie gets, you know, labelled with this ghost sort of phantom status when it's simply because he's going about his business really efficiently and really quietly, retaining possession of the ball. It's one, two touch passes. It's being positionally aware. And are we being harsh on Jones? because he was trying to do all those things and maybe we're expecting him to be that player that ignites something at the front end of the pitch. Is he trying to concentrate on those aspects of the game? Because to me, it did seem like the game passed him by a little bit. Yeah, I think well, I think it's a bit of everything, but he's, he's sort of, he's not in really a, an enviable position in that um, he's coming up, he, he, He's coming on, obviously, he's being given a start, so he wants to sort of play his way in to, you know, stake a claim, shall we say, for want of a better phrase, just to throw in a cliche there, um, you know, to to become a more regular starter. Um, at the same time, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do anything that's, yeah, so he doesn't want to do anything that's going to jeopardise that. Um, I think the, I think it's fair to say the whole team played pretty, Pretty poorly in the first half. We moved the ball too slowly. Um, we didn't 
break the lines. We didn't play between the lines. It was all very side to side and, and um, not much vertical passing. And, and the switch of play was too slow. And in that situation, you're sort of looking for someone to, you know, again, take the game and, and maybe do something, maybe uh, start to, to try and force the issue a bit. But it's maybe a bit much to expect a, um, a 21-year-old to be doing that. 19-year-old. Um, is it only 19? Well, there you go, even younger, 19-year-old on, on what is it, his second Premier League start or his third Premier League start, maybe. So it's it's one of them. You know, he, he, he didn't do anything terrible. He didn't look out of place. He didn't... Um, he didn't make any mistakes, essentially. I mean, he wasn't great for the goal, but uh, there were, I think, four players that weren't great for the goal, at least. Uh, we were talking about that. So, <clears throat> he, 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 he does he does what's expected of him, I guess. I mean, he, play, he plays the ball simple. He keeps it moving. He tries to recycle. Um, but there's nothing there's nothing that stands out in his performance. And it was clear that he was, you know, going to get the... He was likely to be first sub anyway. <clears throat> but when he came off, we'd, we'd been calling it for 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before it happened. Um, so I don't think it's, it's it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? I think he, there will be times where he does shine, but it is a big step up. It is one thing to, to, to play in a, in a League Cup side when you're you're not with the first team. And maybe, you know, you, you really want to, you know, put your stamp on things. So you can so you can be considered for a league start and stuff, and it, it, the stakes aren't quite so high if you make a mistake, and you know it's it's not the pressure isn't there. It's it, um, I think it's a it's a it's a whole different sort of kettle of fish to come into something where only only a win will do. I mean, if Liverpool hadn't won yesterday, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be happy. Put it like that, and you know the inquest would be much. Uh, much more wide-reaching and much more serious than it is now. Like so, um, so yeah. I mean, wasn't brilliant for him. I'm sure he's disappointed enough with his with his own performance. But it's another sort of 65 minutes of first-team football, and um, you can't always, you know, you can't always turn in a sort of Royal Rovers performance. Yeah, it's 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 fair. It's fair. Um, I think the kid has a long way to go, and and for me, you know, I, I feel like he's trying to do the right things. Because they know how much club values what players do without the ball, even more so than what to do with the ball, particularly in those two positions, either side of the six. Dave, he does get the hook, and one of the players comes on is Shakiri. And let's be honest, we all love a bit of Shaq. And we all know that Shaq probably doesn't do those defensive duties as well as he, as well as Klopp would like him to, and he, he's not quite as um, disciplined um, but he comes on and what a difference he makes particularly with a team like that uh, we're crossing the ball into the box those two guys Ogbonna and, and Baldwin they just head the ball out of the box all day I think they head the ball out of the box more than any two in the Premier League so he comes on and the pass is delightful it's, it's actually quite similar to the one Against Mitchelland, it's that little kind of reverse pass, kind of, kind of, not driven, but just kind of not dinked. I don't even know how to describe it. Perfectly weighted. It's, it's perfectly weighted, but it's almost punched 
the way it's punched with his foot through um, and Jota gets on the end of it. But we're going to need that. We're going to need that kind of player more so now than ever before. And that's twice. Just a little bit of quality out of nowhere has made the biggest difference. Mm. Some may say he's a luxury player, you know, given given the, everything that you said in the, in the build up to him there and the description of him. Some may describe him as a luxury player, but he certainly un, he, he has the ability to unlock defenses in a way that nobody else that we have on our roster. Oh, I just use an American word roster. Clean my mouth out with soap, um, you know, and in, in the squad, basically, um, you know, we don't have that. Shaq is different. And as you say, you you have to take into consideration you're going to lose that um, ability to track back and press. He's not he's not that player. But what he does bring, especially in a cameo like we saw for the last 15, 20 minutes of a game, he has the ability to absolutely wreck you. And we've seen it twice in a week. Um, and that's not a bad thing to have at your disposal. Because, you know, throughout the course of this pod, you said teams come and they're sitting deep and they're, they're afraid of us or terrified of us. And, and if you're throwing a shack on uh, on for 20 minutes or against the, you know the the lesser teams in the league, I I wouldn't have any problem with Shaq starting if he can retain his fitness, because he is something completely different to what we have. He 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 changes the whole dynamic of of what we do. And I think you know I know we're going to go on to talk about Jada, but uh, you know we, these two together seem to seem to do very well together. They seem to have developed an understanding very quickly. And, and maybe that's the reason why we see Shaq getting the opportunities again is because, you know, there was talk about Jada and Minamino and, and, and Shakiri and Minamino playing very well together as well. I, I think it's to do with relationships that maybe Klopp's seeing on, on the training field as, as much as anything else. But look, you know that Shaq has world-class moments in him. And he really does have world class moments in him. And, and what's more, his free kicks can be sublime. He can he can muster something out of nothing. And and the position that we find ourselves in when he came on the pitch, it was tailor made for him, absolutely tailor made for him. And if and if he can re- retain that fitness, let's not forget what he did um, again the four 0 against Barcelona. You know, and and there was many of us who went, oh god, see Shaq starting. You know, like with no Bobby Firmino, with no um, Mo Salah, we're in trouble here. But Shaq was outstanding that night. I think it was two two assists he got that night. It's in his locker, and it's about bringing that out and finding consistency. And I think that's where Shaq falls down is maybe the consistency level of it. But certainly, this guy has world class capabilities, and and we've seen a couple of those moments and just the difference that he can make in in the last week, Dave, and. You know, if you give me a choice at the moment, and and, and I'm kind of hard on Jones at the minute, and and that, I think that's more to do with how he's built himself up. But it's certainly not a slide on him. You know, I I think that he, he's a player. I'm not sure if he makes it for us, but he's he's certainly a football player. Um, and and it's maybe a bit too soon for him. But but Shaq changes games, and I would have no qualms with seeing him getting a start here and there either. Um, because he just he just brings something different to the table, and it's something that is compatible with the the other people around him. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, somebody else who changes teams, Andy, is uh, is Diogo Jota. He just uh, he's just wheeled in um, off the bench. He scores. It's disallowed. He scores again. It's four goals um, already this season, and he's making both an impact from the start and from the bench now. He's he's just magnificent, isn't he? Really, he's he's. 
I think that the first, obviously he's played for Wolves. We all watch a bit of Premier League football, but sometimes when, when games don't affect you, uh, affect your team or how you feel about it. Sometimes, you know, you can, which has basically been every game that Man City and us aren't involved in <laughs> over the last couple of years. But, you know, you, sometimes you watch it, you don't really pay attention. I knew Jota was a good player and you could, you know, go either way and you had pace, but I didn't quite know how good he was. And the first time that, the first thing that sort of made my ears prick up in that way was when Linder said in his pre his pre Lincoln press conference that this guy's as good technically as the front three. And you think, family, what a sign in that is then. And there's been nothing, there's been nothing so far to disprove that. There's been nothing to the contrary. And, you know, he's, he's come on. He can probably be kind of himself a bit unlucky not to have a few more starts, really. It's a difficult one because again, like Shakiri, um, we have a lot of players like Shakiri, Jones, Elliot, uh, Oxley, Chamberlain, who, who can play out wide, have maybe played out wide for the previous clubs, um, but suit the more central role because maybe they don't have the pace to play out wide for a club side or, or something else. But with, with Jota, he, he can play central. He can play, he can play on either wing. And, you know, he comes on yesterday. And I think because the Moise setup is so Moisey, um, they're so camped in and Shakiri and Jota are both able, able to sort of play centrally. Whereas, and say the game against Sheffield United last week, um, where we probably needed that third midfielder there to win the midfield battle to earn the right to play. If you know what I mean, maybe Shakiri starting in that one wouldn't have been the best idea. When when you think about this guy, it's like as uh, as it was alluded to there earlier in the podcast, he, he can produce that moment of magic. He can produce that that moment of class, but his overall play, apart from that, maybe just isn't what Klopp wants. We know he was maybe happy enough to sell him this summer for a price and. Um, but I mean, for me, I, I'd keep him all day long. I'd, uh, I'd maybe even start him against, against Atalanta, you know, cause they're such a mad side that it, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really make any sense to try and make that game sensible at all. If, if that makes sense, you know, have the front three and have him there. And, you know, we could end up, uh, uh, the game could go, could really go either way. It could be three, four nil to them. It could be three, four nil to us. We just don't know, but he's certainly, uh, uh, as 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 you say, he staked a claim uh, for a place. Um, you know when he comes in. When Andy, it, I, I I think Man City after do uh, the game after. I think that's a really good shout that he gets a start in that game because I I I am expecting that especially with the six points already on the board and with City the next game up, I'm expecting massive changes. Yeah, it's 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 difficult because we're in, in such a great position in that group now with Ajax and Atalanta. I know I know we'll, we will come on to talk about specifically about the Atalanta game uh, in a bit, so I don't want to do too much on it. But Ajax and Atalanta have taken points off each other, so we're in a position now where a win on on Tuesday night pretty much wraps it up for us. So, you know, do you do you just go with a full strength team for that one, get the nine points? You know, if we beat Michelin, then um, even if we fail to beat Atalanta and Ajax, if we beat Michelin, we're more or less through and pretty likely through as group winners as well. So it's a difficult one for Klopp because, you know, you're asking these players to go again. Uh, Atalanta, as I say, are a mental side and, you know, it, it, it really could go either way. I'm, I'm really excited for that game, but it's, 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 it's for Klopp now. Does he give those big, bigger players a rest? Does he throw Shakiri in or does he look at getting nine, 12 points on the board in the next couple uh, and then look to play? basically a League Cup side in Mechiland and at home the Ajax. It's, it's a difficult one for him. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to talk about that, absolutely. But there's, there's going to be there's going to be massive rotation, um, particularly, and I've called it out before, that the games after Champions League, the way it's going, these, these group games, there's no gaps in the weeks anymore. I don't think it's bang, bang, bang every single week um, we're playing a Champions League match. So, 
the likelihood is that particularly these league games after Champions League encounters for the European sides or even even um, Europa League sides, they're, they're not going to be a great watch. The quality's not going to be there. Um, and we've seen the effect on players, Chief, and no more so at the minute than, than Bobby Firmino. Um, it just doesn't quite seem to be happening for him at the minute. I don't know whether it's, it's a crisis of confidence. I don't know whether he's just got too many miles on the on the ta- in the tank at the moment, um, but he's coming under increasing pressure from Jota um, because beforehand, regardless of of how questionable his form might be, and particularly people pointing at his goal scorer, which I don't necessarily have an issue with last season, but there wasn't really an actual replacement, and there were always going to be a drop off. Whereas now, that's not really that's not really a problem for us. Yeah, I mean it's 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 good, isn't it? It's good that we have the option now, and that Jota's just being able to slip right in uh, with basically no no bed and in time whatsoever, and that um, you know whatever they're saying to him, however they're analysing the match on the touchline when he's uh, when he's there, and then the instructions they're giving him and the execution, it's, it's working to an absolute T. So it's brilliant to, to be able to have that fourth option now and not just you know be be straight to Divock, which is a, obviously a real change and uh, a real sort of yeah it's a change of style. It it never really really works that well from the start and and you know we we all know our problems with that. So so yeah, Bobby obviously you know the it wouldn't be the first time that uh, people have questioned his uh, his output. Uh, but in previous on previous occasions, his work rate's been absolutely right up there, and his winning the ball back and regains and all that sort of stuff has been off the charts. So even that slipped a little bit. So I I I do wonder whether it's just simply the the stress and strain of five, I think it's five seasons now back to back, um, very very little rest. Obviously playing international tournaments most summers. Cup Copa America every summer for the last four, Neil. There you go, and there's been a World Cup in there as well um, during that during that time. So, um, in fact, two World Cups. I think we had him. No, we got him after thirteen, fourteen. So yeah, I, so yeah. One, outside, one I, I, well. outside of World Cup, there's been a Copa America. There's been the Copa Centenary, uh, the Centenary one, and then a stupid one in America coming up this year. It's just, it's really stupid. So he's had no, he's really had no rest, um, and he's probably one that suffered the most from sort of international commitments. Um, what with just the the number of fixtures that Brazil have, but also the the, the, the distance and travelling, and and he's always in the squad and, and always playing. So um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's just really a knock knock on effects, cumulative effects from from having put so much work in and run so hard. Uh, and done all that work in the last few seasons, and it's probably come, you know, it has come just at the right time that that we have someone now who can replace because and supplement, not just replace, but supplement and and offer the chance of rest and and so on. Because if we've been facing sort of Bobby's what seems like a, a kind of steeper decline at the moment, um, without that backup, it. it you know, we'd be in. We'd be Nate, in a much Nate, is, it, is it just a, a decline in goals? Because I still think the no. work rate's there. You know, the, I, the, I, I think the work rate's there. I don't think that'll ever be questioned. The, the thing is, it's sharpness for me. 
the sharpness. Cross, yeah, he's just that little bit off, and the stats sort of bear that out. Um, if you look at him over the last three seasons, um, you know, going back a couple of seasons, he's absolutely off the charts for all the all the all the Bobby Firmino stuff, you know. Um, but it, those numbers have, have dropped away a little. It might be confidence a little, what with with goals and stuff. But he's come through dry patches before, and he, he scores at Anfield there last week. And to for me, he wasn't he, he wasn't stinking the place out the other game. The the only really bad game he's had for me is Villa, and I think you could you could probably count seven, eight, nine players that had really bad games against Villa. But it is the question that's going to keep being asked because he's not prolific and no one's going to drop Mane, no one's going to drop Salah. But banging banging goals in for Brazil, but Dave, that are they that that yeah. you know it's, yeah, it's, so, it's, a, I mean, it's a really difficult one. It is a really difficult. one. I'm certainly not certainly not writing him off. There is competition there. That's only healthy, but I'm sure Bobby will come back strong. Dave, there's a concern I have here, and I don't want to be too hyperbolic about it, right? But everything you said about the international the international tournaments, the, the number of the number of miles travelled, which I think is important to discuss as well. Absolutely. The number the, his, the, his perpetual availability. For Premier League and Champions League games and going deep into the Champions League also takes a toll that it wouldn't on most other sides. But there is, and I, I'm almost hesitant to say it here, but there's there is for me a comparison to me to be made with Alexis Sanchez, where Sanchez's form went into steep decline. Um, and so a lot of people said that that was due to just the move to United and it didn't happen and attitude or whatever. But for me, wrong, he, wrong. Did, he did the same thing. He did Copa America. No, but, um, but, but they're both the same. Bobby Firmino, I think, made his professional debut for Figueroa at 17. Alexis Sanchez, I think, for Catholico at, at 16. So you've got these guys at you know a top level, and, and football down here is not nice. It's not. It's not a nice sport. It's it's 70s football as we would know it. You know, it's brutal. And you know, you're making your as as a boy basically with men and not nice men. <laughs> is the best way of saying it. So you have a tough, tough baptism. He didn't last long down here before he was taken away to Germany. Um, and, and but it doesn't take away from the fact that they were in first team. And you know the comparison between him and Sanchez, it, ca- it can be made for for Fabinho as well. They they make their debuts very young down here because the the, the game is stripped bare. Anybody who's half decent is stripped away to Europe very quickly. So you get your opportunities. It's 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 one of the areas in the world where young players will get an opportunity. But it can come as a detriment. Like what's Bobby now? Twenty eight, and he's getting into that stage where twenty nine or twenty nine thirty. Things are starting to creep up on you. Let's say, and and all those games under your belt. I honestly, I do believe that the perpetual and I call it the perpetual Cup of America. It's, it's the most stupid fucking competition in the world, um, and especially centenaries in America. It's fucking stupid. Um, you know, it has taken its toll on him, and and also, you know, he he was he he found it tough to get into the Brazil team, and now he's in the Brazil team. You know, and and his name is in lights here, basically. Where it's, it's a bit like the Coutinho um, scenario all over again. Nobody fucking knew who he was when I came down here, and now he's everybody talks about Coutinho. And it was Firmino was shit, and now all of a sudden Firmino's the top man. It was Gabriel Jesus who. Um, so again, there's a pressure at home as well that he, he wouldn't have had. Um, you know, he's now in the top performing team in Europe, probably the world. 
Um, and, and, and that brings its own pressures. And he hasn't been able to get out of the cauldron of that um, in, in, in four years. And I, I, I do believe there's a factor in there. And I think it was Fergie. Who, who, who did Fergie send back in the day? And he gave him just two weeks off. And they came back just, you know, just said no training, no nothing. Just, just take, just take yourself off, get your head right for two weeks. I'm beginning to think, I may be completely wrong, but I'm beginning to think that Bobby, Bobby Firmino is getting into that territory where you say to him, you know what, just fuck off away back to Brazil for a couple of weeks, shower your head, sit on the beach, enjoy your summertime down here. Um, you know, go, go enjoy yourself, get your head right, and come back and, and, and give us your all. Because the difference is, we now have shot. We now have Shakiri looking like he wants to play for us. We're in a, we're, we're in a, and before that Christmas break really you know kicks in. If you're ever going to do it, I think now's the time to do it. That's uh, remember when uh, Brandon Rogers did that with Raheem Sterling a few years ago. He sort of yep. he said away on holiday, and there was a lot of fume over that from Muppets in the media. But it's that exact same thing, isn't it? It's because Rogers always said when he came through, uh, he was really trying to manage his games, and he, he, you know, you do see that as, um, as as was just said there with like Michael Owen. Obviously, his was more injury based with with Wayne, but with Wayne Rooney, you know, he came in when he was what sixteen, um, and when his legs started to fall off, he wasn't even that old. He was only like twenty nine, thirty, and it's one of those things when when there's so many minutes in the legs by that age, sometimes they're 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 so called you know finished slightly earlier than what you would think, so. You know, Rogers did that with Sterling, and he came back, and he was at that point in his. And you know, people sort of think about Ryan Sterling as this guy who was this wonder kid for us for ages, for about a year, a year and a half. He was, uh, he was not informed, and he, you know, he went away, and he came back stronger from that. It's, uh, it's uh, with Bobby. It's, it's one of those things where I, I actually didn't think he was that bad last night. I don't think he's been as bad as people have been making out. Um, oh, I agree with you. I agree, but but he's not the Bobby Firmino we know and love, Andy. I think yeah. that's the that that's the issue we're getting at. But I I, th- I think it can be. I think the problems and the frustrations that we have with Bobby at the minute, it's almost like endemic of the whole team. It's slow. It's side to side. Um, it's not that free flowing, uh, gagging, pressing amazing to watch Liverpool that we've seen. It's just a more controlled approach. And there were times the other night where it was like he was. He was sort of dawdling into midfield, taking the ball off Henderson's toes, and it's like, what's the point? Like you're just you're just picking the ball up. You can see what Henderson saw, except with one less man in front of him. You know what I mean? Whereas when we actually started injecting a bit of pace, a bit of dynamism into that team in the second half, he started looking a bit better. And there's just a little bit less space. Obviously, with a moist side, there's hardly any space. They're drilled to the millimeter, basically. Um, and and that and that's just what we saw. And you know, I'm I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him probably start on Tuesday night because I think there will be more space and it's going to be a game more suited to him, especially with pace either side. But I mean, I thought I thought Minamino was going to sort of be the, the Bobby Firmino, not replacement, but the guy who can come in and do the do the Firmino things and 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 sort of be a similar player to him. But club doesn't seem to fancy him as much, and I'd like to see Minamino um, with Salah and Mane beside him rather than playing with you know Shakiri with Harvey Elliott or whatever. In these league cup sides, I want to see Minamino in our best team. I don't think we've really seen that yet, apart from maybe when he comes on against Arsenal. An actual, yeah, an actual start is what you're talking about, Andy. Yeah. With, with yeah, no, I, I can subscribe to that. But he, like, even when he, he, you know, even when he comes on, even when he gets, uh, when he comes on in Ajax, it's, the front three are all hauled off, and he, he's with these um, these players who aren't maybe as good or aren't maybe as quick. Um, and I, I just want to see him with Salah and Mane. Um, 
either side of him with Thiago and Henderson behind him. I, I don't think, and I don't think we've really seen that when he comes on against Arsenal at the back end of the last season. He, he really sort of livened things up. He was probably our best player in that game. He came on, he did the Firmino things, and he just did them a bit more. Sharp, he did them a bit sharper. There's a question. Do you not, mark, feel, he, do you not feel he's just still feeling his way? Because you know, look, he was fantastic against us in that in, in the Champions League, but it, it's a massive step up to a club like Liverpool, and I just think the kid's still finding his way. Massively, and and I also think he's he's still sort of filling out. He's still young uh, physically. He's got, he's going to have to adapt to the Premier League, uh, and maybe he's just looked a bit lightweight in some games. But I mean, I, I, as I say, we, we can't really judge him. I want I want to see Firmino given if Firmino's given a break in the Premier League. I want to see him with Salah Mane around him. I think I think he can really. He looks sharp. Um, you know, he's got that close control. He, he drops deep, and his movements clever. And that's what we saw at Anfield for Salzburg. And I want to see that, as I say, with those guys around him. And hopefully, we do get to see that at some point. But I think it's harsh that, that I mean, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't come on on Saturday, does he? No, he doesn't. Um, and uh, you know, I I I, I want to if 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 Bobby. If we do need to, as you say, give Bobby give Bobby's head a rest, whether it be on the bench, whether it be back to Brazil for a couple of weeks, I want to see Minamino come in there because I think he's the best replacement for him and can maybe do things a bit sharper for a bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's a real quandary because the other solution the Klopp has been using is the shape change um, to the four two three one because I can imagine if we do drop Bobby out and we stick with a four three three, what will happen is Manny will go central and John will go left. That probably what will happen but as we've seen the 4-2-3-1 Andy I don't love it I'm going to be honest with you I think it it suits Trent on one side because he can sit and play those crosses and passes into the box in the deeper area it doesn't really lend itself to Robertson because there's not that space on the overlap with the extra player ahead of him I think the midfield have a lot of work to get through um be it whichever two play. What's your take? I think because you know, you think four two three one or four two four as it can be. You know, you think you're playing a, you're playing a team. You're going to have all this possession. You're going to have you know in the in the eighty percent of possession. You think four two four. Well, that's perfect. We don't need three midfielders in there. Henderson and Wijnaldum can do that job, and with a load of attackers who can produce that magic. But games actually very rarely work out that way. You need to sometimes you do need to win that midfield battle. As I say. I think it was forced upon him against Sheffield United. He might have done it against Mitchelland anyway, but it's something like he scrapped it uh, early on in, in 18-19. Remember, Shakiri was playing there, and Shakiri was playing very well. He was getting six, he got six or seven goals in that first half of the season, and then he basically went into hiding for one and a half years. Uh, so it was completely scrapped, and now it seems like it's coming back in slightly, whether that's because of the injuries, or maybe he knows that there are going to be more injuries in the future, and uh, it's something he's going to have to... Uh, he's going to have to look towards even just to keep opposition managers guessing. But uh, I just, it's it's difficult. Like I, I don't I don't overly like it. I think it makes us easier to play against if you're playing that defensive way. If you're trying to frustrate Liverpool, um, and any time we've started with it, really, I've just been thinking get a midfielder on. It's you know it's whether I think we really miss Kaida. Thiago's perfect for it. Um, you don't really want to play Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner. I think. People call that the Brexit midfield, don't they? Where it's a bit, it's a bit stodgy and it's, uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's, um, it, it doesn't not, really not work a lot of invention in there. Yeah, it doesn't really work for certain games. Um, but I almost think it's, it's, it's not ideal. But I almost think it's better than, than the four two four. Where I think 
it maybe would have worked from the start against West Ham, but it didn't against Sheffield United because they have a bit more nice about them. They have a bit more confidence in their play and they take a few more risks than Moises West Ham did. So, I mean, at the same time, if it, if, it, if we start with that against Atalanta, because Atalanta is going to be such a different game to these last two, uh, I wouldn't be averse to it. But uh, at the minute, I'm just, you know, I'm just begging for, I, I think we're crying out for Kaida or Thiago or even like Oxley Chamberlain to come back in and play. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great shout. Um, there there is a, there's a there's a big massive Fabinho, Oxley, Chamberlain, Kaida, Thiago hole in the midfield at the moment, and we're rhyming off names here of world class players that just aren't available at the moment, and it's massively frustrating. Chief, with the with the with the additional player, um, we saw the the previous week. Jota, everybody gets so excited. Jota, Firmino, Salah, Mane, all in the pitch, and I there's I think it it I think it nearly causes more problems than it solves because particularly against low block teams you know there's enough players squashed into that final third of the pitch and if you're playing four players high up you're almost congesting it to the point where there's absolutely no space to move into um so it does naturally tend to be side to side and you have to be a lot more patient and there's less room for the third man run there's less room for space to be created by movement but I might be being slightly unfair because we know at the minute training sessions are basically recovery sessions. There is no time to coach this on the pitch, There's, or on the training ground. So these games where we're playing 4-2-3-1, it's almost like a coaching session within a match to try and maybe get some sort of continuity kind of shape and the players playing specific, specific roles within it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair enough. Um you're absolutely right. Um, so, you know, the old Brendan Rogers thing about flying the plane while you're building it or building it while you're flying the plane or whatever. Um, it is a bit like that with the 4-2-3-1. And it is sort of natural that when you're moving away from or if, if not even moving away from, but experimenting with another system or a system that you, you don't use as regularly, we've been fairly married to the 4-3-3. So if you're moving away from it, you know, uh, it's, it's it's unlikely to to be as smooth right from the start. Um, I think it's it's fair and it's logical. Once once sometimes you know yourself from from watching football your whole life, sometimes bringing on the extra forward, although it might seem like the logical thing to do when you need a, a goal, isn't always the right thing to do. Um, I often, you know, I often don't really like to see all the weapons on the pitch from the start because it doesn't give you anywhere really to go if you if you need to make a change if it doesn't quite work if it doesn't quite click um, but I do think that that will develop I do think that we will see more of, of those four on the pitch um, at once and when it when it does click it should be pretty um, pretty special um, they've certainly got the talent to play together but obviously they've not as you said they've had hardly any training sessions They've had very few training sessions to practice the new system and um, they've not played together very long because Jota only came in sort of last day of the window. Um, so it's going to take time for that to work. And obviously, the, you know, what we've seen so far is that it's working better when he comes on for, for one of them. Um, but I don't think Jota on his own would have would have been enough yesterday. I think, you know, Shakiri was was integral. Um to proceedings, so you know, I think I think it 
it, it needed a bit of both in there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is, I suppose. Like, um, as you, as you referenced earlier, you know, that the, the midfield is, is, is conspicuous by its absence at the moment. Basically, we're, we're absolutely threadbare. We're threadbare at the at centre half as well. So, you know, over time, these things will, uh, will all sort of, Write themselves. We'll start to get players back. The players will have more training sessions together. They'll they'll have more chance to practice the system, and maybe with personnel coming back, we won't need to use the system as often. But you know, it's good to have different ways to play and and to keep other teams guessing because you know Klopp referenced himself. The only the only sort of reason that he he did that against Sheffield United was because he he'd had no time to work on the game at all. So he wanted to do something that the the other team wouldn't be expecting. Neil, do you think that uh, the the fact that Henderson and Wijnaldum have been so good in the last couple of weeks, certainly in my opinion, I thought they were incredible against Sheffield United. Do you think that's maybe why he's a bit more trusting this four two three one? Because like, if one of them is even slightly off it, you can be in big trouble, especially against those well organised sides, can't you? Absolutely, because you're we well, you're obviously like the nominally one short in there, like so you've got two doing the work at three. And Jeannie and, and Hendo have been, been great. I mean, Jeannie particularly, um, just a couple of moments. I mean, Hendo's absolutely class, you know. Week in, week out. Now you, you absolutely know what you're getting with him. Um, sometimes Jeannie, not that, not, yeah, not the cliche of you don't know what, you know exactly what it does, but sometimes he doesn't necessarily stand out. But there was the, in the build up to, to the Jota goal, he was absolutely class. His keeping the ball and his, great feet to get around it and, and just shift the ball on and keep the move going. I mean, that's absolutely essential, but also Fabinho. When Fabinho's fit and, and able to play in the midfield, he works very well in the four-two-three-one. Did we switch to that sort of to bet him in at the beginning because he was used to playing in it. So it works really well with him. So we've definitely got the, the midfield personnel to do it. And what it does is it allows you to get more forward players on the pitch. But when you're missing someone like Fabinho, when you're missing someone like Thiago, you really are then relying on 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 Hendo and Genie. There's nobody else really there that, that could do. You don't really fancy James Milner in a two, um, and obviously Naby Keita is also missing at the minute, and we're not com- we're not, still not quite sure what what his best role is. I would say at the moment, whether it's in a two, whether it's in a three, uh, whether it's um, sort of sitting just behind the the front three or or what. So. So yeah, their form's been key, and uh, it's it's great that Hendo's back and he's not suffering any any ill, Ill effects. And speaking of sort of metronomes, like Genie Wijnaldum doesn't get injured. <laughs> it's, uh, he just keeps going, game after game. We, after we game. used to say that about Virgil, be careful, don't scud anybody neither for fuck's sake. Yeah, I mean, but Virgil is really unlucky. He's had a basically a recurrence brought about by a fucking freak. Freak tackle. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see Genie's injury record because I'd be surprised if he's ever fucking been injured. <laughs> I'd like to see it like before, before Liverpool. You know, I'd like to, to see it all the way through. Has he had a big injury or anything? Because he's one that is just available week in, week out. Yeah, it's it doesn't help either, David. Even if you're going to switch to this sort of system, it's it's never it's it's never the same eleven at the minute, and. You know, there's not really a chance for relationships to form either. So, taking that into consideration, and also taking into consideration, I know you said about going 
strong against Atalanta, getting the three points, and and just conscious. No, I, I was the opposite, dude. Oh, I, sorry, I, you I, were the opposite. Okay. I, I think I think we go very strong from just based off of the last two seasons where we've been very blasé around our group games. I can see us being quite blasé about this one with City on the horizon because City's a much bigger game. So what do you see for what do you see for Atalanta then? I, I could see probably Jada and maybe even Shakir. I can see maybe even the front three getting rested. I really I, I think the City game's that important at the moment because if we beat City at the weekend, like I mean, the league looks an awful lot more secure place. Um, it really does. Whereas we can take a draw against Atalanta quite easily and still be in prime position. And we do, you know, the last couple of seasons we've talked, Dave, about, you know, we don't have the, the quality and depth. We, while we have the depth, we don't have the quality. We do now. We really do. Even with the injuries, we still do. I, I think there'll be very few changes at the back. Um, it'd be interesting to see what, whether he goes with Phillips or whether he drops somebody back there. Um, you know, our midfield is what our midfield is. It's an ever-rotating animal. Uh, but I can see the front three being being rested for this one and being fresh and ready to raring to go um, against City because I think that, that if you take this week as a microcosm, I think City just t- just supersedes everything, and you want your front three. You know, maybe we see the front three for for twenty minutes against Atalanta. You know, just to, just to give them a stretch, give the legs a stretch, and so on. But I, I honestly think that, and I, I could, Dave, I could be completely wrong as always. But uh, I, I just think that that you know the, the, these are the these are the key games of a season. You, you know what I mean against City and and, and where, regardless of where they find themselves in the table, I, th- I doubt that anybody was sitting in this podcast would podcast would disagree that they're probably going to be at the end of the season our major uh, challengers. Um, they have been the last two seasons, and 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 they do have the squad, the squad, the quality, the depth. Um, nothing would lead me to suggest that they won't be um, the, the second to, to us team. So if you've got the opportunity at the moment, given the fact as well, and I, and I, and I said it before, you know, we have the six points already in the bag where we haven't been that way in the last two seasons. And, and this group isn't really that much different to what, what we had in the last couple of seasons. Um, in, in terms of quality and, and ease, you know, last season we sort of looked at, well, we should breeze through that. We didn't. So, uh, you, you know, and that, and that was down to selection. That was due to, you know, maybe not just going full tilt at those games. So I can see a very sort of reduced squad. I, I, and I, I really do think we see a reduced squad against Atalanta and just with both eyes firmly on City because we can take a draw. We can even take a defeat. Uh, against Atalanta and recover from it very easy and still and still qualify with with ease at a counter. So to me, it's all about Man City, dude. Okay, Andy, it's as you rightly say, it's they're Atalanta are a crazy team. Um, they're absolutely bonkers. Um, it's likely to be as much of a basketball match as we've seen. In probably the last couple of years with this Liverpool side, it'll be back and forward. Their primary um, focus is certainly not on defending. Um, so what do you expect to see? Do you expect to see a shape change? Do you expect to see, you know, massive rotation? Or do you think Klopp will just decide, you know what, we can nearly, we can nearly throw three games away here if we just go out there and get the three points? 
I think it's going to be really interesting to see what Klopp does in terms of his uh, in terms of his approach to this one. Uh, as you rightly say, Atalanta are, are they're mental. I mean, they they remind me very much of us in seventeen eighteen. You know, where it was just let's make this a basketball match because we can we we can almost throw throw more hips than than any other team really. They nearly um, remind me a bit more of us in thirteen fourteen. Yeah, 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 possibly. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean like seventeen eighteen before before Van Dyke when it was all a bit mad and when. Uh, when you know the defense was pretty much non-existent, uh, and everyone was sort of saying that, it's it, it's a question for Klopp. The, the reason I said I, I would go stronger is because I think against Atalanta, um, you have to make it. You have to make it like uh, um, if you're not making it a basketball game, you certainly need pace in the wide areas. So I think at least two of the three that start up front, the three or four. If we're playing Shakiri, um, at least two of those have to have pace. Now Jota can come in and he can offer pace on one side, and I think you do need to play Salah or Mane on the other. And let's not forget, like Klopp has managed these guys' minutes. Um, obviously they all get hooked on the R in Ajax. Uh, they all, uh, well, they all get a rest against Michiland. It's of course, uh, is it uh, it's Salah Mane come on at around sixty and Firmino at about seventy-five. So it's not while they have been playing so many games. I think it's 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 ridiculous to sort of say say to them to, to go in Atalanta and go again on the Saturday. Um, obviously the caveat to that is uh, the international breaks. And I was just looking when we were talking about the Copa America there. Um, I was breaking it and uh, I looked up when the next African Cup of Nations was, and it's 2022. It's not this year, so we're okay for that. But uh, I mean, if you're if you're Jurgen Klopp, you know you could you could try and smother Atalanta if we've Thiago back. Maybe you throw Milner in there and go four three three, like slightly more of a. Uh, a turgid, but in in the best possible sense, midfield where you can frustrate them and then hit them on the break. Um, as I say, I wouldn't mind seeing Shakiri start just because it's a mad game. There's no point trying to make it sensible. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing Minamino in for Firmino. I think Jota's nailed on, and then I think you go uh, Salah or Mane on the other side. And uh, it's it's interesting to see does he does he go with Rhys Williams in that one? Um, obviously, it's it's gonna be it's not gonna be a conventional. Uh, way of defending in that game, if you know what I mean. Uh, and I, I mean, I can't really see Reese Williams playing Man City away. Um, I can't see Phillips playing it either. I think maybe Henderson will drop back in for that one if just a bit of a hunch on it. But yeah, I would, uh, I, I, I said I would go strong. I'd certainly play one of the front three, one or two, um, because I think we can. Um, and I think you look towards that, uh, that Michelin game, uh, which is the fifth game in the group. And if you've got 10 or 12 points by that point, you know, you have, you have Salah, Firmino, Mane, all the lads as far away from Denmark as possible. I, I don't know where that is. South Africa, maybe fly them as far away from Denmark as possible. Don't have them anywhere near that game. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, take it from there. And I, I just, I just do worry because Atlanta are a good team. They only finished a point off Juventus last season in the end, um, which is a bit of a false story because I think Juventus won it with a few games to go and then lost the last couple of games. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a title challenge or anything, but to get 82 points in Serie A is, is really impressive. It's more, it's more points than we got in, uh, in 17, 18, as I, as I sort of referenced there, uh, there might be similar to that side, but yeah, um, I just, I just worry that, you know, we lose out there and maybe they hold us at Anfield and all of a sudden we're going to Michelin needing something. And as we saw, like they're, they're obviously not a great side in terms of quality, but they're apparently they're a bit like Brentford and they're in the way they recruit and the, their tactical analysis and stuff. So, you know, you wouldn't absolutely put it past Michelin getting something at home. I think, you know, especially because it's the biggest game in their history. They, uh, they beat Man United at home a couple of years ago. So you, you just don't want to. You just don't want to be playing with fire with that game, I think. And that's why I would try and get at least four points from these Atalanta games. And then you can give the guys more or less like a, an early winter break for those last two if you've already qualified. Yeah, it's a fair shout. Um, it's a fair shout. Chief, the other thing that 
you know, could lend itself to that argument is, you know, we've got the five subs in Europe, which we don't have um, in the Premier League. And we've seen Klopp do the, the, the managed 45 minute sub a few times this season, both in the League Cup and in the Champions League, where two players have been asked to kind of share, basically share the match and share the minutes. So what do you see? Do you see us going out there and just going, just get it done, get the three points, get it done, we'll go strong, and then we'll make changes, maybe two double substitutions and on 60, or 60 and 70, for example, and then look to City? Or do you think it's all eyes on the area? I think, I think, as it's been re- referenced, like it, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be telling sort of what he does. I think there'll be everything that will be done on Wednesday or Tuesday will be done with a view to what what he's planning for 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 it's Saturday, is it or Sunday? Steady match. Yeah, it's Sunday. Sunday, I think. Sunday, Sun- uh, Sunday half four. Is it yeah. Tuesday, Sunday? I think it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll just check no, that. They're, they're City or Tuesday, Sunday. That's the other thing. City have an extra day on us. I'm fairly sure. I'm no, sure. I think City play the same night as us. Like, I'm yeah, nearly so sure they play the same night as us. Sunday. So it might not be such a such a big deal if it's if it's the the five days like. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was a good shout on on Jada, and I think you might see a Shakiri. Um, I think he'll, he'll want to rotate anyway, and I think those two lads probably deserve a start, in inverted commas. Um, and without doubt, he's going to want to go as strong as possible against City. He's going to want his, his, you know, his first 11, first 11 minus Van Dyke uh, out there. Uh, with a bit of luck, Thiago will be back by then. Um, we know Fabinho won't be. So um, I think you'll see a little, a little bit of rotation. I do. Uh, it'll go strong, absolutely. It's not going to be any, not going to be a league cup side or anything like that. Uh, he'll want to win the game because, of course, if you can get the nine points, you know the group's won essentially, especially with with the way the results have gone so far, with a couple of draws and whatnot. So City or Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night against Olympiacos at home, and then the game's half four Sunday. So like they don't have that travel in, but it, they, we both do have that. It's only Italy, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not too far, at least. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see a couple of changes. I, I would, I would. Well, we'll definitely see Williams in. You would imagine because um, Phillips can't play unless unless Matt Hip's back or um, there's some thinking of, of dropping a midfielder in. But I would doubt that very much, given that uh, Williams, you know, came on in the last match and um, did all right. Uh, we'll see what he does there, but. There's definitely going to be a change at centre back, and I, I could see um, Shakiri and Jada getting the nod, um, and just giving giving a wee rest there to whoever he decides to just change it up. Like you said, Dave, the the, the sub substitutions are different in Europe as well. He's done the, the 45 minute thing a couple of times, and with the five substitute rule, you've got that uh, you've got that leeway really. Um, so I. You know, famous last words and all, but going into it, what with the five-day gap and um, and the ability to have five subs, I'm not too concerned. I think Klopp, I think we'll see as strong a team as as Klopp wants to put out, and um, we'll we'll definitely see those five subs used. I would imagine, depending on on how things go. But uh, it should be should be a mad game, as everyone said. You know, these these really are a team that that like to attack. 
and they score goals for fun in Europe and in Italy as well, but particularly in Europe. I mean, they started off last season with, I think they got spanked in their first match. I think they got beaten away in maybe in Prague or, or, or somewhere somewhere in, in the East anyway. And then they, they really turned it round. I think went all the way and were, were unlucky to get knocked out by PSG in what was at the quarterfinals. So there are no mugs. Um, and it, it will be a night to, to, to make sure we can try and keep it as, as tight as possible at the back. But as Andy said, it might just become a basketball game. And, you know, in those circumstances, having having a bit of Shaq and a bit of Jota is, uh, is always handy. OK. Um, score prediction? Chief. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not really the game to ask for a score prediction, but go ahead anyway. 3-2 Liverpool. All right. Good enough for me, Dave. Sorry, I'm going to go 3-0 Liverpool. 3-0? Yeah. Madman. All right. Good enough. No, stop. It's Europe. We do clean sheets in Europe. 3-0. That's, all right. That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough, I suppose. Andy, what are you thinking? Uh, oh, it's it's difficult. I could see like a three 0 if we if we set up um, to to have a bit more control, like we've seen maybe against like uh, like remember when we played against Wolves a couple of seasons ago and they were a mad team and we just really took all the excitement out of it and just went there and won two 0 But I don't think we're going to be able to do that because I think you know Reese Williams is going to start. We've got injuries, so I'm going to go four two to Liverpool. Oh, I'd like four two the best, so I'll go with you. All right. Good enough, guys. Uh, that'll do us. Thanks for joining me. Um, and until after Atalanta, um, off the perpetually top of the league reds. <laughs> <laughs>